0: upon a time, in a world with faith and fairness, there was something hidden. Down
1: the boundary, he's going to go! Bearcats lead! Pitch on the way from Mikolajic. Swing and a miss! Mikolajic gets the strikeout! And for the first time in full history, the Bearcats are going to the Super regional
0: Get ready for a
1: next-level show. Hello and welcome to Chasing the Cup. I'm your host, Jason Barfield. We're down to the final four of our voting in our top 68 moments, players, games, and championships bracket. And today, we're talking to Luke Prohoda. Prohoda was a pitcher on the 2006 and 2007 baseball teams. And in 2007, he was named a first-team All-American and won the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association Stopper of the Year Award. So we're going to talk to him about that 2007 season. All of that coming up in a moment right here on Chasing the Cup. Season tickets for the 2020 football season are on sale now. Secure your seats today and ensure you have the best view as the Cats look to claim a Southland Conference title. The Bearcats will play five games at Bauer Stadium this season. And as always, your season ticket will guarantee your spot at the Battle of the Piney Woods. You won't want to miss the action at NRG Stadium as the Bearcats look to make it 10 straight wins over SFA. To purchase your tickets, log on to GoBearCats.com tickets or call the Athletic Ticket Office at 936-294-1729 and we will see you at Bowers Stadium this fall. Eat them up, Cats! Hello and welcome back to Chasing the Cup. Jason Barfield here, and I'm now joined by Luke Prohoda, a pitcher for the Bearcats in 2006 and 2007. And Luke has made a run to the final four of our bracket. Luke, appreciate you joining us here today.
0: Thanks a lot, Jason. i uh, glad to be here. Look forward to uh, it's kind of reminiscing about all the good times and, uh, and the blessings that came from San Houston State for me, my, my family, uh, I had two brothers, uh, a brother and a cousin play there prior to me. So I'm looking forward to this time.
1: I tell you what, it's been a lot of fun talking to uh, some of the guys who have played here before. Uh, before we get into your playing career, just kind of update us on uh, on what you're doing now professionally.
0: At this point, um, about four years ago when I was coaching down at Texas A&M Kingsville, I, I felt a call. uh for the vocation towards the priesthood. So, for the last four years, I've been in Houston uh, studying for the diocese of uh, Galva or for Victoria uh, uh-huh. to be a priest, a Catholic priest. Um, God willing, in May of 2023, uh, I aim to the priesthood and be able to serve the people of God.
1: That is amazing. And how long is this process? It's a do You say it's, it's a, a seven-year.
0: For me, it's a seven-year process. So. Um, I took two years of a lot of philosophy before entering into the theology department. Uh, I did two years of theology, and next year will actually be an internship where it won't be any schooling. I'll just be in a parish shadowing a priest, helping out with different uh, catechism classes, trying to teach the faith and pass on the faith and and the knowledge uh, that the Lord has offered me uh, and pass on some wisdom, uh, just like I tried to do when I was uh, in baseball, pass on with wisdom from all those who have uh, graced me with so many, uh, so much insight.
1: Tell you what, it's just amazing where our lives end up going. And, you know, sometimes you never see it coming. Uh, awesome that you're going through this process and that you're devoting your life to this. Let's kind of start back, though, where it began a little bit. And we'll talk some Bearcat baseball when uh, you played your last two years of college ball at Sam Houston um, for you, when you were going through the process of, uh, of deciding on a school, you had come out of Weimar high school, went to McLennan community college. What made you choose Sam Houston?
0: To be honest, it was, uh, it was the family ties. Uh, my brother, uh, was a center fielder on the 1996 team that still then the final four. Um, he was, he was a sophomore at that point. Uh, I watched a lot of their games. I was there at the regional, or at their uh, conference tournament in Tree Fort. Got to see that excitement uh, of their win. Got to witness the win against the Miami. Also got to be, I was at the game where he crashed into the wall and uh, tried to, uh, caught the ball and it came out when he hit the ground and they didn't give him a catch. But uh, So I was there seeing all that. My uh, cousin, Steven, uh, he's He's in a record books as well as a pit, left-handed pitcher uh, for the strikeout total. And so it was a lot of, it was between UTA, Texas State, and Sam Houston State. And I just felt that it may be an opportunity to be closer to family because all my family was in the Houston area, brothers and, and cousins. Uh, and I had a cousin at the time going to Sam Houston State. So we've had five of uh, five of my Folk go up to Sam Houston State, so it just been that, that huge tie into the to the, the university, into the baseball program, going back to Skeeters. I went to a bunch of their baseball camps. Uh, so for me, it came down to at that point the baseball team wasn't uh, wasn't performing as well as uh, it has in the last few years, which has been a blessing because I kind of wanted to go and be one of the the group that is able to turn that around. And we had a great group of guys in 2007 uh, led by Coach Johnson to help turn the ship, and, and we've seen uh, the progress, the amount of talent that's been able to come in and be recruited. We've seen the facilities grow, but it really came down to my brother uh, was in Conroe, uh, the, the heritage uh, of the Perhoda baseball uh, that came through uh, San Houston State.
1: I love it. There is, I tell you what. When you look through the the baseball record book, there's certainly no shortage of Prohodas, uh popping up in that record book, and uh, you know it was already a name that was known in uh, in, in Sam Houston baseball, and uh, certainly you put your mark on that as well. Uh, you, you talked about. Um, where the program had been before you got here and it, it, and it'd been down and, um, you know, you looked at that 2006 season that, that you guys had and you made 28 appearances. What were just your, your kind of first year impressions of the program and maybe what it could be?
0: The first year impressions is it was a a brand new facility, but the, the coaching staff I was a little hamstrung because we only had two full-time coaches. So when Coach Johnson came in, he, he asked for and was able to get another assistant with, uh, with Bobby Williams uh, providing that. And so that, that truly helped. Um, but it was an opportunity that uh, I guess they had not won in the, in the past and, and there just wasn't a lot of hope. It was, it was more wishful thinking. When Coach Johnson got there, the, the, the mentality changed to believing that we were going to be good enough to perform. And it was our mindset change that allowed a lot of the guys with the same talent. group. Uh, we had a few transfers in, uh, but a lot of us, it was just having those those guys come in and lead and then having uh, Coach Hill and Coach Blair with some fresh insights into our trade, be it the hitters, be it the pitchers, and then utilizing the talent. So I knew that it was a possibility if we were given the tools to, to, uh, the mental, uh, kind of, uh, tools, uh, overcome, um, any obstacles that seem to pop up during the season, during every season.
1: When you look at that 2007 season, um, you know, you talk about the new coaching staff in place and, uh, specifically for you with coach Hill coming in and, uh, you know, we've seen what he's done uh, now as a head coach for McNeese. Just what kind of impact did he have on uh, on you as a pitcher?
0: Coach Hill had an amazing impact on me. Just an important um, kind of influence on me because uh, he just changed the mentality. He always talked about uh, giving us bullets, giving us ammo, but we could he couldn't go make the pitches for us. It was all up to us, but the uh, – mentality that you brought with and the, the kind of work hard, trust what you're doing, have conviction with everything that you put into place and in why you're throwing what you're throwing. Um, the amount of effort that we would go through in the bullpen, the, the structure that we had in our program, our pitching program was just amazing. The arm care, I would say uh, I got to give props to Jeremy Eddings and Dustin and in, in the uh, training room because they kept me healthy. Uh, they did a great job with our team and it was just a, it was a full unit that was trying to get us there, but has been very influential in my coaching career. He was the one guy I called when I wanted to leave financial services and get into baseball. And so he gave me the insight on what to do. Um, when I got hired down at Texas A&M Kingsville, he was the one that gave me his pitch and playbook and said, here's some ammo, uh, utilize whatever you want in it. And I pretty much just put a, have a Lena sticker on top of his McNeese State and just went with what he had taught me so much. Being able to sit with him and talk with him, I keep in touch with them. I went and visited with him uh, this past October during my fall break, having good conversations about baseball and good conversations about faith and kind of how to mold young men into, or young men into great uh, citizens and men uh, for their families and for their future.
1: When you look at your uh, your 2006 season, you had five saves that year, you led the team, 349 ERA, um, and then in 2017 really took off, 18 of 19 saves, and you were named the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association National Stopper of the Year. Um, going into twenty seven. Was the plan for you to be a closer, or is that something that that really evolved for you?
0: That was my plan. Uh, After the, in between the 06-07 season, I went out to uh, North Carolina and Fayetteville and pitched for the Fayetteville Swamp Dogs, and um, I was the closer there, and it was the one-inning stint, and I loved it because I could go in and just let it fly, and I went uh, 18 of 8, uh, 18 and 19 there and saves as well, and and just had a great year uh, with them, and that was just a, the confidence shift that I needed. Is that I always felt that I had the good stuff to compete on any level, but when you see it come to fruition and everything clicked for a year, my confidence rose, and I went into the year wanting to be the closer, wanting the ball in the ninth inning because. You get the ball in the ninth inning. That means you get to shake everyone's hand at the end of the game too, because you're going to get get it get out of it uh, with the, with the win. And so my mindset was being a, a closer the whole time, uh, talking with Coach Johnson. That I, uh, he said that he always wanted me to be the closer, but there was some uh, kind of internal workings that year of how are we, how's he, the closer when he doesn't get the ball because after the first six games I don't think I had the one appearance in it was in like an eight to nothing win. so they wanted me to they wanted me to be utilized which over the next three months I got utilized a lot and it was it was awesome to have that opportunity to go out there pretty much every game is necessary. If it was a, a, a close game, they would give me the ball. my teammates trusted me and I trusted them. to to make the plays uh, when I didn't have it, uh, but I was still going to throw strikes and and, and trust in it. So uh, long story short, I always wanted to be the closer because that was the adrenaline rush that I'd always looked for.
1: Was there a point during that season where you really felt like that you in particular, and then just as the team in general that y'all were putting together a season that was going to be that special?
0: We knew we were going to be good. Uh, I mean, We were putting together a good season. Jacob Howard, his sophomore year was, I mean, he ended up with 11 wins that year. Jesse Marshall as a senior coming back with a left-hander who was able to give us innings. Jimmy Gray stepped up when he uh, needed him. Um, and and so the pitching staff wasn't necessarily deep, but I felt that we had enough pieces there. We had mentality uh, through the work that we put in in the fall uh, through our workouts. Uh, we would play a game called 27 outs. And if we didn't get 27 outs in a row without making an error or a miss cue or throwing to the wrong base, we'd have to run triangles. And um, we 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 would go through those 27 outs and you get to number 26 and you're like, don't don't hit it to me or somebody wants them to hit it to you. And we would you'd get the routine ground ball and make the play and game over. And so that realization that we came together we can do this it 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 was a mentality switch or shift that allowed us to see hey when we got into conference and we went to northwestern state and swept them uh we beat them bad two games in a row and we were down uh, four to nothing or something in the third i came in 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 the fourth because i hadn't pitched all weekend and i ended up pitching six innings and we came back and won that game that was kind of the shift we're driving back from Louisiana thinking this is a possibility. And when the tournament was going to be held in Natchitoches uh, or Natchitoches, I don't know which one it is. Yeah, Natchitoches. It, uh, it was uh, – that that ballpark played to us so well because of the, the turf infield, the deep center field, uh, the lines played okay. We weren't necessarily a power-hitting team other than Bobby um, but We played great baseball. We hit up the middle a lot. Um, so the turf gave us a lot. It, it made our fielders that much better. We made some great plays. And so that understanding that we had an opportunity, even though we, we didn't play as well against, I think we went one and two against um, the state, maybe 0 and 3. Uh, same with uh, Lamar and UTSA. But when we get to the tournament, we didn't care about that. We knew we had, we had an opportunity to go and, and, and make, some, make some noise.
1: Yeah, y'all, that was an odd year. It was almost an all-or-nothing every weekend uh, for you guys that year. uh, Y'all swept UT Arlington, and then you get swept by Lamar at home. And then you go on the road, and you sweep McNeese. And then you come back home, and you get swept by UTSA. And then you go back on the road, and you go to Northwestern State, and y'all take all three there. And then come back, and you sweep three at home against Southeastern Louisiana to really put yourself in position uh, to to make the tournament. And like you said, build some of that momentum heading into the conference tournament. And uh, you know what were like what were those swing of emotions like during the season?
0: What was that question?
1: What were the swing of emotions like during that season? Just with uh, kind of the all or nothing feel of of every week, and either getting swept or sweeping. Uh, y'all's weekend series?
0: You know what? I would have never uh, guessed that we had that many swings of sweeps and sweeps and getting swept. Uh, I just knew that, that we played well uh, when the time was right. and I knew that we didn't play well against a couple of teams, and those were the, the upper echelon teams. But Southeastern's always a good uh, program. Maine State was a good program. Um, but I, I just I, – I looking at it, I would have never guessed that looking back on it uh, during the season i'm sure that um the all was great because we were winning and there was a lot of, a lot of fun but when we would happen to, to lose those series coach johnson never let it get to us to where we would kind of take a, a swoon we would regroup during the week we we'd practice hard we we'd refocus and I, could, I think that's where you saw the resiliency in our team instead of what had happened in the previous you may get swept and then that turns into three weekends of losing weeks and, instead of fixing it correcting what was wrong and then moving forward and having a, another good weekend and, and putting a good string together
1: and you, you kind of touched on this a little bit but uh, you guys get to the conference tournament and the three opponents y'all face texas state lamar and utsa y'all had gone one and eight in the regular season against them um was it something that Coach Johnson was able to do with you guys to kind of put all of that in the past and focus just on that weekend?
0: Well, at that point, we were playing kind of with house money. I mean, nobody, nobody had uh, given us a chance in that tournament. So, with with that being said, Jacob Howard goes out and pitches five uh, six innings uh, of shutout baseball, uh, and then. We're winning two to nothing, but Bobby Verbeck hits a home run against one of the best pitchers in the league, uh, best starting pitcher in the league that year uh, for Texas State. When you beat them, you give yourself an opportunity to win or to play uh, in the winner's bracket. And that, we knew we didn't have the depth to kind of come through the, the loser's bracket. So that understanding, the, Coach Johnson had a motto. Uh, uh, play great, sleep late, and so we had the seven o'clock game every night because we never lost and got the morning games, and so we were able to stay on our same routine. Uh, we went up against Lamar, uh, and and they had they had a good team, uh, but Greg stepped up and had an unbelievable game out of the bullpen that game. I remember being in the bullpen warming up uh, each time just in case. And he would go mow them down. He'd go mow them down after Jesse Marshall gave us five innings. Uh, and then against uh, UTSA, that was, a, that was a game that, that uh, will go down and, and is kind of one of my most memorable. I remember a couple of the pitch sequences that I had uh, after running around second were, were uh, a tie game. And, and I get a guy on 3-2 breaking ball. i thrown only seven breaking balls the whole tournament. And, and this is the only one I threw for a strike. But I punched out a guy. Uh, and, and, and we came off excited, got the momentum in the dugout. And we got a walk-off uh, uh, ground ball, uh, ground ball uh, fielders' choice, which slow ground ball. Uh, we get our fielders' choice and, and score, unfortunately, for the 22 inning game there got called as a, as a obstruction uh and 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 they they didn't get their their run score but that's how we walked off that game and it was just an amazing uh opportunity to play and a compete against a bunch of good teams but we knew once we got in the tournament that anything could happen uh based on our talent if we stayed in the winners bracket and we had people step up from Aaron Cook playing because our Beck uh was sick we had, uh, Heath Pugh coming up clutched. We had a bunch of Bobby Verbeck just playing lights out. Keith Stein, uh, always on the bases. And it was just great defense. Jeremy Holspot played an unbelievable shortstop that weekend. Um, it was a total team effort. And when we bought in as a team, it was fun. Uh, and, and we didn't think, we didn't think about what happened in, the, uh, in the regular season because it was zero zero, as Bill Parshall used to say.
1: Yeah, we, and so you guys win the tournament. Um, what was that celebration like after y'all beat Texas State in the championship?
0: Uh, I listened to uh, to the the podcast with Keith Stein, and I don't know if I can say it much better, but I remember um, Jacob Howard had pitched six innings on the the first day, and this is two days on two days rest. He comes out, and. He came in in the sixth, and he gets it to the to the ninth, and he goes two up, two down, and gives up a single. And so they uh, they ended up taking him out and brought me in. If, if he would have got that last out, he was going to be the MVP of that tournament. Um, and, but he they bring me in. He Peter walks back to the dugout. And the Bears walk back, and before Coach Johnson walks off the mound, he says, don't end up on the bottom of the dog pile. <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, okay, well, I better, better listen to this guy, but that's a lot of confidence. I got, uh, I went 0-2 on the batter. I threw two fastballs down on the way just like I, I always did. I tried to miss fastball, uh, and missed about two balls off. And at times I'll get that strike three call. And this one I didn't get it. The the 1-2 pitch was the exact same pitch. Uh, and I was like, I kept hoping that it was off. Uh, i get punch, get a punch out to end it. And then at uh, the 2-2 pitch, I get, guy barreled it and I, I right when he hit the ball I'm like, oh my gosh yeah I just lose this one and I look back and I see Keith Stein with his hand that was raised up was number one uh, <laughs> his, his, his left his right hand was number one and he catches it with his left hand and then my whole thought is don't be at the bottom of the dog pile <laughs> so if you look at any of the pictures of this dog pile I'm standing up and it, it doesn't go down right away and, and so he few Tried to tackle me, he slid <laughs> down. He ends up on the bottom of the dog pile, and the dog pile dog piles on him. And I'm just sitting there with everyone on my legs, but I I'm clear uh, other than that. And it's just an unbelievable uh, experience. And and I couldn't couldn't have asked for anything uh, better that experience. Right home from Louisiana was just unbelievable because we knew we were going to the regional. We didn't know where. We really, speculating it could be right because it's close. It could be Texas A and M because the controversy with Coach Johnson going back and kind of that storyline. Uh, and when it came up, old Miss, man, that was that was another thing.
1: You know, and that was fun. I've talked to you know a lot of guys. We've talked to Pluchek. We've talked to to uh, to guys who have been through this. And you know, when you do get that regional and. You know, you guys had played Rice during the year. You, you know, y'all y'all play around the state of Texas. You want that experience, that trip. So, how much extra was that for you guys to be able to go to Oxford and go to Ole Miss to really experience a regional?
0: That was unbelievable. The one thing that I mean, the one downside that I look at, um, there's no airport in Oxford, so you had to you had to drive there, which Meant for a 12-hour bus ride, which wasn't bad uh, because you know, with your team, you get there plenty early, you get stretched out the day before, um, and the ride back was great. But uh, going there, you're like, oh, we got to drive. It was, was like the reef. But once we got there, man, that was just a great experience. I mean, unbelievably great playing surface, the field, the crowd. Uh, I remember our game against. Uh, Southern Miss, where there's people lined up because we keep playing extra innings and they can't get in because they're waiting to get their, their game six tickets or whatever into the game and they, they didn't have the game five tickets. And man, that was just an unbelievable game, uh, unbelievable setting. Um, they treated us great. I don't know, we had the old Miss fans in our back pocket because I guess they figured that we were going to be easier uh, than Southern Miss or Troy. Um, but it was, unless we were playing them. So it was, it was truly a great experience to be part of the SEC environment uh, that we never had experienced in this area.
1: So you guys are the four seed in that regional. So y'all get the host, y'all get Ole Miss on, uh, on opening night. And the, the Cray was a really good crowd for that game. And they came out and um, did what they were supposed to do. It was a 14 5 game. So y'all come back the next day and you've got Troy. And it's an elimination game. And, uh, it's probably, you know, I, I think the Troy game probably gets overshadowed a lot because of what happened the next day against Southern Miss. But let's talk about that Troy game and, um, just what, what that game was like, uh, was like for you guys.
0: I mean, that was, a. Uh... It was a game where we, when we, when we saw the bracket come out, we thought that this was a winnable bracket because we did think that Troy and Southern Miss weren't the, the, the strong two seeds and three seeds that you may have seen, even though they had really good, uh, good years and tough conferences. Um, but just going back, I'm looking at the box score now and, uh, it, it's just amazing what we were able to do. We put up a, a three spot in the third and then a, a two spot in the fourth. And we were we had a five to three lead going in. Uh, there was a big, big out I remember uh, in the bullpen. It was early in the in the game, and Steven Price goes out against Clint Robinson, who was one of the I mean he's a big leaguer for um, I think it was Kansas City at one point. Uh, but he was their best hitter, best hitter in the Sun Belt that year, and he comes out and. And it was like Stephen Price didn't know who the kid was and, and he didn't know how good this kid was supposed to be. And he goes out and punches him out on the back door breaking ball uh, to get us out of a big jam. And then he goes another uh, two and a third innings and, and turns it over to me. Uh, but but Stephen Price came up huge uh, that tournament. He came up huge in a couple of outings um, in the conference tournament. But that's, I remember their, their closer was, was one of the, the good closers. He was on that same watch list that I was. Uh, I mean, he had unbelievable slider people. I can't see the slider when they would come back in. And so the realization that they hit well, um, and we had to go out and, and, and play well was, uh, was a blessing. And, and man, we had some, we had some good, good times, uh, against that team. Uh, Are in that game and I just remember the last out it was their closer who was also one of the better hitters for them he was a four hole he squibbed the ball towards first base I picked it up and ran and stepped on first base because I wasn't going to flip it in the right field And, uh, and that was how that game ended
1: You had to put in a lot of work in that one too you went two and two thirds innings to get your 18th save of the year how much was left in the tank at that point for you?
0: To be honest, uh, it was, it was more than I had the professional season. But yeah, the, I was running a little bit closer to empty as the season was ending. I still had my good basketball. Um, but it was, didn't, I didn't feel like I had the, the, the late life on it that I had most of the year. And so I was, I was definitely getting tired of something that many people didn't know, uh, during our, uh, Second to last weekend, or the last weekend of the season, I uh, twisted my knee in the outfield shagging fly balls because I didn't know how to not shag fly balls uh, full speed. And uh, ended up being a torn meniscus. So I wasn't doing a whole lot of cardio the last three weeks of the season. I wasn't telling anyone that I was hurt. I was still pitching on it. Uh, Jeremy Headings, again, did a great job of of keeping that uh, good enough uh, and healthy enough. To be able to go out, I wasn't going to make it any worse. But I didn't find out that it was torn until after the season. Uh, once I was already in uh, the Diamondbacks' training camp, I didn't want anyone to find out because I knew that people would, uh, with health problems, don't get drafted. And so, my teammates did a great job of just backing me up and understanding that hey, we're going to give everything we've got for this team that we've got, and uh, and it was it was just uh, a, a really good opportunity to to trust in what the Lord was doing uh, in that season uh, and to bring a lot of bonds together. Uh, for me, it was family bonds. My brother and cousin were able to make it out to Oxford and watch that game. Uh, they played with us, or played at Sam's. For a lot of the, the, the traveling crew, our, our fans were diehards. Uh, Mr. Mann, uh, Clint Mann's grandpa, he always yelled go Bearcats and Three miles from home, two miles from home. I, I still remember that every time I get on the mound, in the ninth inning. I didn't many outs. I needed because he was going to yell it, and uh, it was it was uh, it was just a, a great season.
1: Okay, so let's talk Southern Miss game. Um, I was on the broadcast for that, and that is still. Uh, of all of the great moments that uh, that I've had the opportunity to be a part of with Sam Houston, I, I always still come back to that Southern Miss game as probably one of my favorites because you know that was a game where it seemed like every inning y'all's backs were up against the wall and you know batting y'all were down to y'all's last strike and uh, you know and and every time y'all responded and came back and then ultimately won that game in the eleventh inning. Uh, you know, talk talk me through that game, and uh, once again, you played a big part of it.
0: Yeah, I played a big part in extending that game anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh Making it what it was. That was a, a game where we down early. I mean, we were down. I think it was seven to one. We were down by six going into the. We into the. Uh, into the bottom of the seventh inning. We ended up putting up a fourth spot. And it was just,
1: once we once
0: that happened, we thought, okay, there's an opportunity. There's a window that this, this could go our way. We threw up a zero. I think it was Price again that came in and threw up a zero in the seventh. Eighth. And then we scored two to tie it. And then uh, I think they sent Price back out. He gave up a, a base runner and they brought me in. And I ended up giving up his base runner and mine um when it, when it so I gave up two in that point and then yeah it's me the offense just was amazing at that point we go back in and people grinded through at that. we'd get a couple people on and we'd bun them over we played it we played it the way it was supposed to be we, we, I think in one of the I think it was the, the the bottom of the ninth we got two base runners on we sacked on it over we got a uh a, a ground at the score one and then he comes up with a great clutch two out hit up the middle on the score one. We go back out. I give up another run, uh, which I think I hit Brian Dozier and he ended up coming around the score. We ended up going back and I, it was enough to continue to chip away. And by the, I think in one of those innings, we pinch ran for a couple of the guys. So we took out Craylo and we took out Wade, uh Austin Boggs, and, uh, and so we had, we had Tyson Meyer in and, and Aaron Cook in, and they both came up clutch later on in the game with a walk. Cook got a single down the right field line, and I'll still remember to tie it up. I think Meyer was the one that scored. And just to, to go back out there, and I know you talked about this with, uh, with uh, Keith Stein, they had one guy who couldn't hit the, the, his weight for the whole year, and he goes four for six on this game. <laughs> and one of them was in the 11th. I had gone two up, two down, just wanted to get through that inning. I got their nine hole up. And I throw a fastball off the plate away, and he just barrels the ball to dead center. And I'm like, there's no way. And it just carried out. And I remember us riding the bus home, and Coach Hill going, like, don't leave it over the middle. I'm like, ask Keith Pugh. That ball wasn't over the middle. <laughs> and we watched the video as we're driving back from Oxford of that game. And the ball was on the on the chalk on the outside corner. Uh, um, and he just – I don't know what – I guess I threw everything down in away. way. he thought, well, let me look down in away, way. And he gets that ball to center. And I thought, man, I just lost this game for us again to their nine-hole hitter. Uh, and – so I walked off um, not feeling that all hope was lost, but feeling that it, it was about I, – I had just caught us the opportunity to win that game. Uh, and it came down to two quick outs. And then just uh, we weren't going to – it's kind of like the 86 Mets. It's not going to be me. I'm not making a last out. I'm not making a last out. And you get a single here. And you get a single uh, – I guess there's a single by Holstock and then you got a single by Clint Mann. And I think and then, I think uh,
1: Holzbach I think that was a two strike pitch too, I mean y'all you yeah. are down to your last strike there when Holzbach gets yeah. the base hit.
0: All, and then and then I guess his first and third and Keith Stein is up and they throw him a backdoor breaking ball that he buckled on but just kept his hands and flipped it to over to the third baseman's head because he stayed in into the, the end of the at bat and just didn't give up. It was kind of a defensive oh I got I got a put the bat on the ball kind of a swing, and he did that, and he just flipped it over to the third base head and holds back box score, so then it's first, uh, first and third. And I, I still remember Bobby Burbick hitting the ball. I don't know how the ball didn't get out, but when he hit it, I knew the game was over, and uh, and it was he hit that ball, and man's Man's running across like a little kid. He's jumping up and down. That's one of the best pictures I've seen is, is when he's crossing home plate. Um, because it was just sheer joy. I mean, we, we emptied it out there. I'm looking at the box score now. We put up 11 runs in, five, in the last five innings from the seventh through the 11. I mean, we just didn't give up. And that was, a, a, again, the mentality uh, is, is be ready for your moment and keep punching. Keep punching because you got you got a shot. As long as they give you an opportunity, keep going and hold on to the rope. And, and we did that. And those were... Kind of those mottos that we came up with to build our mentality, and it was just amazing to see that uh, come to fruition uh, in that in that game, uh, that victory, that walk off, and the joy. And I knew that I had nothing left in the tank. Uh, I uh, I guess almost five and five six innings of that tournament on back to back days, and and I was just hoping that we would get they'd walk it off, and they and they did for us. I mean,
1: it was just great. From a pitching standpoint, you talked. this was not a typical outing for you, but you pitched the ninth, 10th, and the 11th. Uh, how big was it for a boost for you going back out there? You give up two, and the guys come back and get two to send you back out there. You give up one, the guys get you one to send you back out there. Um, to know that they had your back every single time in the bottom half of that inning to respond, um, how big of a boost was that for you? I
0: mean, that was a huge boost because, I mean, when you're running on fumes, uh, I mean, you don't want it to end. And they weren't going to let it end for me that way. And that was just our team. Uh, Coach Johnson felt that when I was in the game, it gave us a great chance to, to stay in the game with with a group of guys because they continued to, to play hard and they continued to, to, to offer everything they had and play right behind me. And then, I don't know. It, I don't know what it was, but we seen the score a lot when I was either in the game or um, or keep keep things um, keep adding on instruments to give me so many opportunities throughout the year for saves. Um, but it was just giving us hope. Uh, I felt like I had, was able to give them hope a lot during the year with what I was able to go in and do, and they reciprocated it and gave me the same hope that game because I knew. Whatever I was doing, I was laying it all out there, and they were going to do everything in their power to, to carry me across the finish line that day.
1: So you talked about how you were running on fumes and you were pretty much out of gas, and I think that probably could be said for the, the whole team by the time y'all turned around to play Ole Miss 30 minutes later. Um, I remember we went down to get the lineup from Coach Johnson, and he had everything filled out except the starting pitcher. And uh we asked, you know, who's gonna who's gonna start and he just took a long look, like just stared down at the bullpen and he said, I don't know yet. And he goes, <laughs> you're gonna have to give me a second on this one. And you know, you, you, you talked about the depth of that team, but you know, y'all had put everything into winning that game against Troy, winning that game against Southern Miss, and then y- y'all have the old Miss game and it just felt like, you know, I mean, y'all y'all still scored 13 runs in that, but there was just nothing left in the tank for this team, was there?
0: there? I mean yeah we we had we had spent so much energy in the past two days. They were fresh, they were throwing their um number two or three guy at us, and it was just uh one of those things that we knew would be an uphill battle, and then we'd go score three in the first, and we were riding that wave. Uh, we get two quick outs in the bottom of the first, and then all of a sudden, just, we, we couldn't get that third out. It was just, uh, I think it was a drag bunt that started it with two outs, like their three hole drag bunts. And then all of a sudden, we just couldn't get an out after that. And it was six to three by the end of it. And you're like, what just happened? And then we ended up, I'm looking at the box score. We go up eight to seven in the fourth <laughs> and give up a nine spot, but we just had nothing left, uh, in the, in the, on a pitching staff side, uh, we were kind of spent. Um, if we could have been able to turn it over and wait till the next day, we'd have been able to bring back Howard on short rest. Um, but unfortunately, that's not how the the, the game went. Uh, but we gave we put we gave the effort to, to kind of change the perception of what Kansas say baseball was. And then in 08, when they go and win a tournament, in 09, they go success through the Pierce regime uh, and the, and the, the next uh, coach Deggs it's just been an unbelievable kind of shift in, in what that team was able to do and what we were able to do as a brotherhood because that brotherhood kind of stayed throughout those teams following
1: when you look at the success of this baseball program and what it's been over the last you know 12 13 years and to know that you guys really were that first brick. Y'all, y'all really started this foundation. What does it mean to you to know how big a part you guys were in, in building what ultimately became, you know, 10 years later after you guys had done it, a super regional team for this program?
0: And that, that feels great because there were so many people that came before us that had done so much in that, uh, program, Um, Again, the 96 team, I think it was the 89 team, just to see them come back and and, and draw, uh, reminisce about their teams and their times that they had at Holloman Field. Um, And then to kind of tell us that we had it easy because we didn't, especially now, they don't even have a speck of dirt. Everything is surf. There's no tarp poles, there's no uh, maintenance.
1: Those tarp poles are no joke.
0: Yeah. Those those were those were rough, and, and the first couple of years we had uh, we didn't have the best drainage on the infield, so we were pulling tarp just to be able to practice. It wasn't even to get it to, to play the game, and it was. But those were fun times too. I mean, you get everyone out there. You didn't want to be out there, but once you got out there, you were again uh, enjoying uh, your, your camaraderie. And so to be uh, a, one of the thirty-five guys that helped. Lay that foundation of this twelve, thirteen-year run that we've seen with Coach Johnson and Coach Pierce and Coach Deggs at the helm, and now with uh, Coach Sirianni. who was actually recruiting me uh, for UTA uh, back in '05. Um, it was, it was one of those kind of. It just a lot. It's been, it's kind of undescribable on in how it feels to be able to leave your impact so that others can benefit from it. And so it's the self-sacrifice that everyone put in before us, the self-sacrifice that we were able to put in as a team that allowed for so much success to be born. And and, and it was born in us, but then it's continued to grow uh, and develop under the new guys. And I'm following those guys, following that 2017 team when they, Went, uh, up to Lubbock and, and won that regional. That was, that was unbelievable at
1: Did you get a chance to watch Nick, that last game against Texas Tech?
0: I watched it online. I did. And so that was, that was amazing. And the closer, Nick, I don't know how to say it. Mikulacic. Name. Uh, Mikulacic. I should, I'm Czech, but, uh, I should know <laughs> how to say that last name. But, uh, he, uh, he, he reminded me so much of myself. He just trusted in his fastball. He just didn't understand that other people should hit it. <laughs> and he would challenge people. I mean, he was a freshman that went in there and, and just blew people's doors off uh, in the ninth inning. And so that realization that that was just a culmination, the little left hander that, that threw his guts out, was just unbelievable. Uh, and, and so to witness what, what we were able to do and put us into the regionals that win a couple of games at regionals, and what they were able to do uh, and, and kind of get over that hump because they bought in, they bought into the system that the coach had, the coach had a good system. Uh, you could see the, the, the lore working in the players. You could see it in the post-game conferences because everyone was not playing for themselves. They were playing for something bigger. There were, there was synergy. Uh, and I think that that was, seen uh, and borne out uh, in those press conferences, because everyone was doing it for someone else. It wasn't about themselves or their greater good. It was for the greater good of the program. And when the when the program succeeds, all of those accolades that, that, that come personally and individually, they're so much sweeter because you were able to be part of something else. And they will come along because you did it for the, the, the greater good.
1: All right, so we'll we'll start to wrap this up, but um, before I let you go, um, when you look back at your your two year career at Sam Houston, what uh, what's your biggest what's your takeaway? What's your what's your biggest memory that you're gonna have of your time as a Bearcat?
0: I would say it's the guy. I mean, I still get to keep in touch with Nick Nick who's coaching there at McNeese, uh, and, and and the the group of of young men that we had and that that team, those are things that you can't take away. I remember meeting Todd Sebeck for the first time in the locker room, and he showed me his hand and he goes, "You did this to me." And I was like, "What does that mean?" And well, I had thrown a fastball up and in and broke his hand the day uh, or the year before when he was at Texas A and M, and unfortunately his career didn't work out at A and M. Fortunately for us, it did work out at Sam Houston State, uh, and and. The amount of uh, – the one thing that Coach Johnson brought is, is the witness to – the there's something bigger than the game. Uh, we would have baseball chaps. Guys would come together and pray together. Um, guys would give their testimony, keep bringing in speakers. That was the first time I had been a cradle Catholic for 23 years, and I honestly saw the Holy Spirit moving in that baseball team because people were witnessing to the, to the faith of the Lord. Uh, they weren't afraid to speak about it, and so I started picking up my Bible a whole lot more, um, and eight years later, I finally listened, but it may, there may be something bigger than even what I was expecting of molding young men and the good baseball players, but hopefully molding uh, men and women, uh, children of God, into a uh, deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, So it was that foundation that they had set the the virtues that they uh, exhibited and the coaching staff that left such a great positive impact on the players themselves.
1: That is awesome stuff. I love it. So, uh, you know, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. But one thing, one thing I do want to get you to touch on um, we're in the final four of our voting. If we've got a Prohoda, Versus the ninety six baseball team against Miami. Where's the uh, Where's the family voting going to go on that one?
0: You know what I I know that I know all, I know where I'm voting, and <laughs> I know where my brother Brad. He's not on Twitter, but he's got a good following. Uh, he can he can get his son and all of his friends to vote for him. I would guess uh, I'll get a few votes, but ninety six will get a whole bunch more uh, because it's just. They, that, that was just a great team. Uh, I was talking to him and, and this, uh, bracket has been such a, a blessing because once I realized it, just being on a chat thread with my brothers and, and cousins, just reminiscing about the baseball, reminiscing about the times, uh, that we had, uh, there in Huntsville, um, going back and, and my brother running down the last catch of the, uh, Miami win in the, in the gap. Um, seeing Ronnie Thames run around and score, uh, from, uh, to clinch the, the championship there in Shreveport and that celebration. Uh, to see Bedecker and Hermes, who are two guys from my neck of the woods here in Shiner and Yoakum, right around this small area. So I, I would think, uh, that loyalty is gonna go towards, uh, the ninety sixteen but, uh, I do have a lot of influences, uh, with, Different with my players that I coached down at AM Kingsville, uh, my softball buddies that I've been able to play with uh, during my time at work, it's a fun company. And so we'll see. I hope it gets there, but that 96 team is going to have to pull off another uh, miracle upset against that 2017 regional team.
1: Yeah, that's a tough matchup. 2017 baseball, that's going to be a tough one to beat. You're going up against the 2011 football uh the lone non-baseball representative here in our final four and uh voting for those will be on saturday it will be a uh a shorter window this time around just a twelve hour vote for the uh for the final four matchups and then the championship matchup voting will be on Monday. So look forward to see how that shakes out, Luke. I appreciate you joining us. This has been a lot of fun catching up on uh some really, some of my favorite memories uh, broadcasting Sam Houston baseball and, and watching what you guys did. So appreciate you joining us here today.
0: Thank you very much, Jason. All
1: right, that's going to do it for this episode of Chasing the Cup. Remember, voting Saturday and Monday in our Final Four and Championship. And then we'll be back next week to, uh, to talk all about how everything shook out. So hope you join us next time on Chasing the Cup. If you like what you're hearing from us this year, be sure and rate and review the show. If you're not subscribing to Chasing the Cup, you can do so on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Chasing the Cup is recorded in the Bearcat Sports Network studios in the new Wood Forest Athletic Center. This week's episode was written and produced by Jason Barfield. Broadcast calls are courtesy ESPN. The song's Hot Shot and Clear Progress are courtesy scottholmesmusic.com. This has been a presentation of the Bearcat Sports Network.